Welcome back, everybody. This is Faith FM, and we are about to hit you with another clue for the quiz because nobody has snapped it up yet. Because it's a hard one. Yeah, it is kind of. Well, it's, it's got to get easier sooner or later. I'm well, pretty confident it's about to get easier. Okay, what city am I? Men watch the gate of this city, hoping to catch Paul, but he escaped by being lowered in a basket through a wall opening. There you go. Today's prize is a DVD Tortured for Christ, an incredible uh, film, definitely worth a watch. Absolutely, and I've seen that film uh, myself, saw it at the theatre, and uh, I would highly recommend it. It's uh, just an amazing uh, presentation that you'll find on that amazing movie right there. Very, very moving movie. It will move you. Anyway. Oh, my word. Please send help. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Mon, what are we getting into today? What are we studying in our Encounter with God section? We are still working our way through the book of Revelation. And uh, I believe we're somewhere uh, around 17, 18 or 19, seeing as you forgot the book 17, whether the chapter 17 existed. Yes. So, yeah. Are we learning about the latter rain today? We are. We are indeed. Uh, That's uh, definitely something we're going to be talking about, particularly as we get into chapter 18 of Revelation. Okay, so let's uh, maybe we should just finish out these last few verses of chapter 17 very quickly, make a few comments on those, and then we'll move into chapter 18, which is going to be our study for today. Amazing chapter. All right, so what do we got there in Revelation chapter 17? Uh, let me see, where did we get up to? Verse 16, 17, and 18. You want to read those ones for us? Just finish out the chapter. The scarlet beast and his ten horns will hate the prostitute. They will strip her naked, eat her flesh, and burn her remains with fire. For God has put a plan into their minds, a plan that will carry out his purposes. They will agree to give their authority to the scarlet beast, and so the words of God will be fulfilled. And this woman you saw in your vision represents the great city that rules over the kings of the world. Okay, so the great city that sits on seven hills that rules over the kings of the world. It's uh, fairly simple and straightforward as to what we're dealing with there. Nobody really needs to think too hard about uh, exactly what the uh, identifying characteristics are. But what we do find here is a meltdown of globalization at the end of time. Yeah, absolutely. So you've got this union that takes place between the woman, the beast, and the kings of the earth, and then it all collapses, and the woman is exposed for exactly who she is, and as a result of that exposure, the world turns on the woman and destroys her. Oh. Yeah. You sort of see a little bit of how that could happen when you look at our world today. Yeah, absolutely. You know, when you look at uh, you know the the, the 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 child sex scandals that we are having, you know, institution child sex scandals, and uh, how it predominates within some parts of Christianity, and how that is just making Christianity on the nose to everybody. Everybody looks at it and thinks. This is disgusting beyond imagination. We don't want to have anything to do with Christianity. We don't want to have anything to do with religion. You know, when all of the corruption that has taken place within Christianity is completely laid bare, then you really can't hold, you really can't not expect the world to just, you know, come out and, uh, and, and, and turn on religion and turn on Christianity. I've actually never heard this before. Where in the timeline of Earth's history does this happen? Right. 
at the very end. Yeah, have to be, wouldn't it? This is during the seven last plagues. Mm-hmm. This is the fall of Babylon. And so this is in, in, in the lead up to the seventh plague. Okay. So this is, this is, this is right at the end. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, um, pretty dramatic stuff. You know, when suddenly everybody realizes that, yes, this is the, this is the power that has brought the world together in globalism. And this is how corrupt it is. And this is the agenda behind it. And suddenly it is all been seen. And it's a little bit like, you know, if you look at Charles Chinicky, for, for, for instance, and, and uh, I'd encourage anybody to, um, to look up his materials online. Very, very interesting. Um, a Christian uh, man, a former Roman Catholic priest, but, you know, he wrote about, you know, back in the 1850s, uh, the, the sexual abuse that was taking place within uh, the priesthood. And for the last 150 years, you would find his books in the conspiracy section of the bookshop. Mm-hmm. Not anymore. Oh, really? Because, the, you know, we've had numerous royal commissions and grand juries and so forth, and now we all know that these were not conspiracies. Wow. Which is, you know, he's been justified a long time, of course, after he's died, but, you know, not all conspiracy theories are conspiracy theories. Some of them are actually real. I even like, I feel like even the ones real. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, definitely. Except the one about chemtrails, but go on. <laughs> okay, if you've got a thought on chemtrails. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't call me. And none of this flat Mon earth. will roast you. No, none of this flat earth nonsense either. one 800 No, don't give up that number, Lyle. <laughs> call Mon and Carry give on. her a Carry hard on. time. Don't you know that they're beaming stuff into, <laughs> into your brain from space? That's yeah, what all yeah, those satellites yeah, yeah, are out there for. Dumping pesticides on us. Okay, so there, there are some, there are some um, conspiracy theories that, you know, they're definitely conspiracy theories, and they're fun to um, investigate and so forth. But there are some are, some of them out there that are actually real, and, and some of them that are seem to be really improbable. Um, and, and this, of course, is one that we have now seen um, governments of the world have mm. seen that this is a real thing, a real issue, and uh, issues that need to be dealt with. And you know, back then, Charles Chinicky, you know, he was forty years. Um, you know, a, a Roman Catholic and a priest, a Roman Catholic priest, and so forth. And you know, he just he just came out and just laid it all bare, and nobody believed him because it was just it was too big, it was too outlandish, it was too much to handle. And now, of course, everybody knows that that's exactly what was taking place. And so, you know, when corruption is exposed within Christianity, the world turns on Christianity. It's true, and that's what's happening right now. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's just understandable because when you, absolutely, you place so much trust in the church and right to a large extent justifiable. Yeah, absolutely. When you, the church is something that you place a lot of trust into, and so when it stuffs up, you know, of course you'll be more angry. No one's that angry when politicians stuff up because we expect them to stuff up because they're just stuff ups. But when the church stuffs up, <laughs> oh, hellfire and brimstone. I love the way you put it there. Yeah, politicians <laughs> just stuff up because they're stuff ups. <laughs> well, come on now. They have a long and colourful uh, record. Yes, indeed. And, you know, this is one of the challenges that we need to face as Christians. We need to be pointing people to Jesus Christ. It's yeah. as simple as that. This is the real solution right here. Because while ever we draw attention to ourselves, while ever we draw attention to, you know, celebrity preachers and celebrity Christian singers or whoever it might be, you're just going to be let down. Mm. The only person who's never going to let you down is Jesus Christ. And if we point people to Jesus Christ and say, okay, guys, copy this guy. 
Live your life after the pattern of this guy, of, of, of Jesus Christ. Amen. You're not going to come unstuck. You, you know, it's just the solution to all of it right there. But the problem is we're humans. And so we always start to look at other human beings and copy other human beings and hold them up high and say, well, you know, this person, you know, is the, is the moral authority in the world. And the next minute, you know, we find that they've been playing up with kids or doing something, you know, having their, their hand in the offering plate or whatever it might be. Being deplorable. Yeah. Being deplorable. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And we are destroyed as a result of it. It's a human nature thing that we need to work out of our human nature, but it's time to read Revelation chapter 18. Verse Verse 1. After this, I saw another angel come down from heaven with great authority, and the earth grew bright with his splendor. And verse 2. Verse 2. He gave a mighty shout. Babylon is fallen. That great city is fallen. She has become a home for demons. She is a hideout for every foul spirit, a hideout for every foul vulture and every foul and dreadful animal. Ooh, so some pretty heavy stuff that the Bible is speaking about here in relationship to Babylon. When the Bible says another angel. That means there must have been angels. Preceding angels. Mm -hmm. That's right. Have there been preceding angels? How far back in the Bible, how far back in the book of Revelation would you have to go to find those preceding angels? Uh, not too far. I mean, just looking here, chapter 17 starts with one of the seven angels. You can see chapter 16, verse 10 says the fifth angel poured out a bowl, and then verse okay, 8, so, oh, the fourth yeah, you're angel. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, angels right, everywhere, right, really. Right. My, my argument is starting to fall apart, so let me strengthen my argument. <laughs> Give it a shot. Okay. So what we're looking for is a preceding angel within the context of the fall of Babylon. Ah, within the fall of Babylon. Okay. So notice what the, what, what the voice of this angel says is, Babylon the great is fallen, is fallen. That's the message of this angel, right? So it's not one of the seven angels of the Now, bowls. no, no. Go back to Revelation chapter 14 and uh, verse 8. You're listening to Faith FM. Positively different radio. Okay, but 14 verse, verse 8 yeah, yeah, has the problem, same problem because it says then another angel. So if you're trying to find the root ah, angel, you're still going backwards. Yes, so then you go back to... Um, well, yeah, okay. Well, all right, all right, all right. Mon, you're messing up my <laughs> argument. How's that watertight argument coming along, Lyle? It's like this. You have three angels and then you have a fourth angel. And the reason that we connect the fourth angel to the three angels is because these are the angels that that talk about the fall of Babylon. Okay. Gotcha. So your context is the fall of Babylon. And so here in verse 8, they follow another angel saying, Babylon is fallen, is fallen. That's in Revelation 14, verse 8. Notice that the same language, Revelation 18 and verse 2, with a strong voice saying, Babylon the great is fallen, is fallen. So that's your context. Okay. You see the connection between those two? The sort of repeating. The repeating of those two. Mm -hmm, So mm -hmm. what you've got in Revelation chapter 18 is a repeat of Revelation chapter 14. So you've got Revelation chapter 14 being repeated by this fourth angel and the big difference that is coming through here is that this fourth angel is not adding any new information. It's just adding power. Oh, how so? So what you've got, well, so, so, so basically, you know, if you read uh, Revelation 14, it says this. There followed another angel saying, Babylon is fallen, is fallen, the great city, because she made all nations drink of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. Right? 
Then you go to chapter 18 and verse 1. It says, after these things I saw another angel come down from heaven, having great power. Didn't mention that in the last one, did it? No, I didn't. And then it goes on and it says, and the whole earth was lightened with his glory. Didn't mention that one. And he cried mightily. Didn't say that in the last one. Uh, with a strong voice. Didn't say that in the last one. So we've got great power, the whole earth being lightened, a mighty and a strong voice. Yeah, this guy definitely sounds more powerful. Off the charts powerful. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. this is a worldwide message that is going out uh, at the very end of time proclaiming the fall of Babylon and it is going out just, you know, it is just being bellowed around the world. This is this is the loudspeakers cranked up to the max. It was interesting when we were in Ethiopia, of course, um, they don't put the speakers inside the church. They put them no, outside, outside the church. Yeah. <laughs> was, I, I kind of like it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was good. It was good. It was great. I kind of wonder what would happen if our if we tried that here in Australia. We put all of our speakers on the outside oh. so the whole neighborhood could hear the sermon. Oh, council would be on your doorstep. Imagine what would take place. But that's the norm over there. Yes, yeah, true. You know, and... Uh, uh, of course, we had a uh, another church that was kind of close to where we were meeting, and and uh, yeah, everybody does the same thing. And so on Sunday, we're both going hammer and tongs at the same time. Uh-huh. But our speakers were bigger. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah we had our speakers. Up. And then the power goes Street. out, and you can hear the other preacher preaching, and he can probably hear me preaching <laughs> in the distance, kind of quiet. <laughs> yeah, no, it was great. Good fun. I went and actually met the uh, the guys over in the other church, and and we had a we had a good time um, sharing together briefly there one day, and wishing wishing each other God's blessings. But anyway, back to this, we have a movement of incredible power um, taking place at the end of time. Let's go over to the book of Joel and let's read about this in the book of Joel. Joel chapter two has a prophecy about this great last end time movement just before the return of Christ. Man, I am blanking hard. Where on earth is Joel in the Bible? It is in the Bible. Um, after the book of Daniel and before the book of Matthew. Oh, after the book of Daniel. So Hosea, Joel, gotcha. Three chapters long, no wonder. Yes, it's a minor prophet. It's called the minor prophet, but it has a major message. Joel chapter 2, why don't you read for us verse 28 and 29, please. Then after doing all those things, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy, your old men will dream dreams, and your young men will see visions. In those days, I will pour out my spirit even on servants, men and women alike. Okay, so we've got a great uh, outpouring of the Holy Spirit taking place here, don't we? Yes, indeed. And it is being poured out on everybody. Men and women alike. And as a result of that, there is a lot of prophesying and preaching that is taking place. Indeed. All right. When is the time frame for this? Verse 30 and 31, please. And I will cause wonders in the heavens and on the earth, flyer, blood and fire, and columns of smoke. The sun will become dark and the moon will turn blood red before that great and terrible day of the Lord arrives. Mm, Columns of smoke again. We spoke about that uh, a couple of times recently. Yeah, 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 that's the protect God's protection coming through there. But notice the time period. When is it that this event is going to take place? This Uh, massive outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Talks about the great and terrible day of the Lord. 
Yes, that's the, that's the return of Christ. Yeah. And so we know that this is a powerful outpouring of the Holy Spirit that is going to lighten the entire world just before Jesus comes back. Why is that important? Why would it not be important? Okay, but the whole world is not being lightened by God's power right now. There are many parts of the world that are very dark and it's very difficult to enter with the gospel message. So let's 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 work this one through for a moment, and, and and let's think about what we're actually going to find here. What we find is that okay, so Jesus is about to come back, and if Jesus is about to come back, then probation is going to close on the whole world. And when we talk about the pro- close of probation, we talk about the opportunity for people to be saved. It's going to close on the whole world uh, while people are still alive. Usually what happens is that people have the opportunity for salvation up until they die. But now it's about to close on the whole world while they're still alive. And so the only way that God can do that, the only way that that is possible, is to bring the whole world to the point of decision while they're still alive and to the point of not just decision but their final decision. Wow. Okay. I see. I get it. Yeah. Yeah. And that way, every single person has made their final decision. And that's why we've got a great crisis at the end of time. God uses this great crisis because God wants to wind this world up. It's like, okay, it's time to finish this off. Sin has gone long enough. We need to finish it off. Everybody needs to make a decision. And so there's a crisis. Because crisis brings people to decision. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's like he's announcing last call. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You've got a great crisis. It's last call. Um, God is making himself very, very plainly, you know, he's revealing himself to the world. And as a result of that, he is um, getting ready to, you know, close the probation, come back to this world, finish Which it all up. Which is fair. It's fair that he should announce that he's doing last call and just make sure that everyone has an opportunity to decide. Yeah. He's basically just making sure everyone has had the opportunity to, to make that decision. That's right. To choose eternal life. I mean, let's face it, if probation had closed, you know, for the entire world, say, uh, half an hour ago, and we didn't know about it. It, didn't, it wouldn't feel very fair. That's right. Yeah. We would feel, you know, a little bit, bit like, really? You did it then? Yeah. Seriously? That was, you was that given the me right a thing to do? You know, yeah. surely if you're going to close probation on the world while people are still alive, you should let them know. Yeah, yeah. And this is really what the last, the final crisis is all about, and it's what the latter rain is all about. It is God's last day message going out to the world. Now, this is an interesting term that I use right here because this is a term that the Bible uses to describe this event. And that is the term, the latter rain. So while we're here in the Minor Prophets, let's go over to the book of Zechariah. Because here in Joel, we have an outpouring of the Holy Spirit, right? Mm -hmm. And a very powerful outpouring of the Holy Spirit, correct? Yes. Okay, so let's go over to Zechariah. Not to be confused with Zephaniah. Not to be confused with Zephaniah or Hezekiah or any of the other Kaias. Uh, Zechariah chapter 10 and verse 1, if you could read that for us, please, Mom. Oh, I'm on the wrong page. Let me turn one page over. My fingers are bananas this morning. Okay, Zechariah chapter 10 verse 1 says, Ask the Lord for rain in the spring, and He for he makes the storm clouds, and he will send showers of rain so every field becomes a lush pasture. Okay, so here we've got um, a passage of the Bible that tells us to ask for rain. In the spring, mm-hmm. uh, in the time of the latter rain. The Bible says in my translation, ask 
of the Lord reign in the time of the latter rain. To understand this symbolism, you've got to understand the agricultural cycle of ancient Israel. They had two rains, two rainy periods. They would plant just before the second one. So you get all of your seed in the soil, then the rains would come, the seed would germinate and grow. Mm-hmm. Then it would dry off for a while, but then as the fruit was coming on, in other words, as the grain was starting to ripen, they would have the latter rain, which was a heavier rain, and that would cause the fruit to the, 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 the grain to ripen. Uh, and so that was the, uh, the, the cycle that they followed in those days. And Jesus uses this cycle to teach an important lesson about the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Anyway, we're going to be back with more about this. Um, Right now, we're going to listen to Reggie Smith. I have fixed my mind on another time, on another time. And here I mean to stand until God gives me more light. And that is today, today, today until He comes. I have fixed my On another time, on another time. I have set my course on the narrow way, on the narrow way, for I know the time. Close at hand For which I watch And pray And that Is today 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 Until he comes I have set my course On the narrow way the narrow way. Even so, Lord, come quickly. This is my fervent prayer. For I've
shall the Son of Man appear, the Son of Man appear, even so. You were listening to Reggie Smith with I Have Fixed My Mind. Beautiful song. Absolutely. Fantastic song right there. We've been talking about the latter rain and how the Holy Spirit is symbolized by rain and how that the uh, Hebrew agricultural cycle had two rains, an early rain and a latter rain. The Bible describes a great outpouring of the Holy Spirit at the end of time just before Jesus comes as being a latter rain experience. In fact, if we go over to Isaiah chapter 44, Isaiah chapter 44, and we are going to read verse 3, Isaiah 44 verse Do we still have the same sort of agricultural two rain cycle system thing happening? Uh, In the Middle East you do. Okay, but not here. But not here, no. Okay. Um, Because it's Australia. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, we don't have rain. Yes. (laughs) What's rain? (laughs) Well, except we we either have all rain or no rain. One or the other, floods or drought, nothing in between. Uh, Verse 3, please, Mon. Of which chapter, sorry? Uh, Isaiah chapter 44, verse 3. 44, let me just get there. 44 and verse 3 says, For I will pour out water to quench your thirst and to irrigate your parched fields. I will pour out my spirit on your descendants and my blessing on your children. Thank you. Okay, so here the Bible likens uh, rain to being the Holy Spirit. It's nice. Yeah, I think it's. I think it's very nice. It was yeah, interesting, rain's uh, refreshing. It makes stuff grow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think it was interesting when we were in Ethiopia. Um, one night it started to rain before the program, and of course it always stresses you out a little bit because you know when you've got rain bucketing down and you've got uh, everybody worshiping under tarps and the tarps are ancient and leak and almost are non-existent, and there's a puddle of water on your computer and there's another puddle of water on the projector, and the projector, <laughs> you can you can see the light coming out of the projector going up onto the screen, and in that light is just flickering raindrops. Uh-huh. 
Yeah, it's always it always makes life a little bit nerve wracking. <laughs> like, how long before all of this equipment just blows up? And praise God, nothing blew up. It all kept going. Um, you know, the generator rattling away in the background. Everything just happening in the rain. But you know, so it was a little bit stressful for me. And I'm thinking, oh, are people going to come? You know, even going to come to the meeting when it's raining like and the, like this? And the, all of the EPMs are like, no, no, no. This is very good. This is very good. Very good uh, symbolism. Yeah. Um, rain is when, a blessing. Whenever the Ethiopians see this, they see it as a good omen, mm-hmm. a positive omen. And so, if there's rain when when you're preaching, then that's a that's a good thing because it'll be seen positively. Yeah, yeah. You know, that God is God is raining down His Holy Spirit. Yeah, they taught us similar stuff at our site, although we couldn't we couldn't fathom it because, quite frankly, because we 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 were in quite a poor area, and when it rained, the the little street outside our church just turned into a chocolate river. Yes. Just mud to turn it in the water. Oh, it was a mess. <laughs> I had a chocolate river, but it wasn't very deep, thankfully. It was very, very wide, running through the floor of where I was speaking. Oh, no. And so it was probably at its deepest point, maybe kind of like uh, maybe 12 millimeters deep. Uh-huh, uh-huh. But it was about um, two meters wide. Yeah, yeah. And just sort of, just it, it was just seeping through slowly. Oh, ours was puddling ours up. was running. You had to be careful because if you stood in the wrong place, it would um, it would be uh, you know twenty five millimeters deep, and that'd be deep enough there to make your shoes. Yeah, there you go, yeah, your shoes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I came home plenty muddy at the end of that day. Yeah. Now ours ours was a, f- a fast flowing river straight down the middle of the road, um, and our equipment did give way actually. So yeah, we didn't end up using the projector much. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's all part of the fun. It's, it's interesting yeah. how people nobody's phased about. It. I remember preaching. Yeah, in, oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Papua New Guinea is like fifty. 15,000 people in the audience are all sitting in a, in a couple of big uh, football fields and it starts to rain and nobody even blinks they're just like, nobody even flinches yeah they just sit there and listen yeah it's it's yeah if the power went out or if the, it started raining like no one would just no one would just react they just keep keep listening i mean someone might check a plastic bag over a speaker but that was about it so yeah it was incredible yeah yeah we they're had just that. not phased a bunch of them just sort of opened their umbrellas where they were sitting and just Kept going. Yep. Just keep going. Yeah, yeah. This is normal. This is totally normal. <laughs> Imagine that in Australia, everyone would have a yeah, panic attack. It's right. raining. Let's go home. We can't go to a meeting in the rain. It's too dark. <laughs> There's no lights on. So the, the people in Ethiopia received the Holy Spirit both in its symbolic form and in its. <laughs> oh, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, it's it's interesting. In uh, if you look at ancient Chinese um, characters, um, the Bible describes the the word for spirit. And it's got a picture of, um, yeah, because it's, it's hieroglyphic, so it's picture words. And uh, it, it includes a picture of, um, you know, three persons mm-hmm. coming down from heaven as rain. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And, and, and then you've got, underneath that, you've got two persons, you know, two human beings on the earth and and uh, the word, you know, comes through create. It's, it's very interesting. Um, for those of you who don't know, the ancient Chinese hieroglyphs contain the entire gospel story of the seven, first seven chapters of the book of Genesis. It's incredible. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and, of course, that's a, uh, those hieroglyphs go all the way back to basically the time of Noah. Uh, I think they date to within like 50 years or 150 years or something or other of the uh, the time of Noah. But anyway, that's a story for another day. Um, 
what we're dealing with here is this movement at the end of time that goes out to the whole world, a movement of the Holy Spirit, a movement that we all need to be a part of, that we should be preparing ourselves for every single day so that we can be ready to give this last great message. Let's go back to the book of Revelation, chapter 18. And let's find out the details of this message. There are two big details or two big issues that come out in Revelation chapter 18 in relationship to this message. Mon, if you could read for us verse 2, please. He gave a mighty, uh, uh, sorry, he gave a mighty shout. Babylon is fallen. That great city is fallen. She has become a home for demons. She's a hideout for every foul spirit, a hideout for every foul vulture and every foul and dreadful animal. Okay, so why does it, why does it talk about, um, you know, mine says uh, a cage of every unclean and hateful bird. Yeah, it's all about birds here, isn't it? Yeah, why is it talking about birds? Why is it talking about unclean and hateful birds? There's a few unclean and hateful birds getting around Ethiopia. Oh, yeah, we actually saw vultures circling. Vultures and And the marabou stalks. Dang, those things are ugly. (laughs) They are the most, like, bin chickens on steroids and things. (laughs) Yeah, they were the nastiest looking birds. They're huge birds. And over the city in the afternoon, there'd just be this mass of vultures, um, storks, kites, hawks. Falcons, yeah. Falcons just circling the city, just circling the city, just, you know. It was nice to watch Riding them circling the from far away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. From a distance, it was great. As yeah, soon yeah. as you got up close, it's like these Ooh. things are horrific. They're just yeah. prehistoric they kind of mean, ugly and mean. Is that yeah. what this is about? Is that what this verse is about? Yes, those kind of birds. Okay. All right. So, what does a bird symbolize in Bible prophecy? Um, I'm blanking really hard. I'm going to blame my okay, jet lag. Okay, let's, let's, let's move away from those kind of birds and let's think about a white Dove. Oh, purity. Yeah. Yeah. A white dove is just beautiful. And we, there were so many beautiful birds in uh, Awasa as well. Oh. Just really, it really. It ran out by the time I got to. <laughs> Dunning ones. But anyway, um, a white bird is a symbol of the Holy Spirit. So the opposite of that, Could be a, a vulture is a symbol of an evil spirit. And what the Bible is telling us here is that Babylon at the end of time is full of Evil spirits. In other words, spiritualism has taken over. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, of course. And spiritualism, of course, is based on the concept of the immortality of the soul. So are we seeing that around us now? It's the foundation of spiritualism. You shall not surely die, Satan said. It's the very first lie. And find a religion that doesn't believe that lie today. Mm, That's your challenge for today. See if you can find that religion. There are very, very few of them. This is something that probably 98% of the world believes, even the atheists will, you will find who believe that there is some form of you know, continuing life thereafter. Anyway, moving on, we have Andy McLeod with Hearts on Fire. Oh 
Forgiving Life, Forgive to Live is a program designed to help us all improve our lives and be more forgiving. Don't let it eat away at you anymore. If you're keen to discover the power of forgiveness, why don't you take that first step and head to forgivetolive.org.au. Hi, I'm Jilene. Hi, I'm Sarah. Hi, I'm Drago. Hi, I'm Nigel. And we'd like to invite you to our church, the, the Southern Illawarra Seventh-day Adventist Church. church. We meet every Saturday morning at 10.30 a.m. to study the Bible, followed by our main service at 11.30 a.m. You can find us at 107 to 109 Princess Highway, Dapto. We are in the High Ninja Hall inside the Dapto Ribbonwood Centre. For more information, you can get in touch with us on Facebook. Just search for Southern Illawarra Seventh-day Adventist Church. Or contact us on 0402-716-762. We hope to see you soon. And stay tuned to Face FM. Just 
is over me when the breeze turns into a gale. I know the master of the That was uh, True North with Master of the Wind here on Faith FM. We are about to launch into our question of the day. What have you got for us there today, Mon? Well, first of all, I'm going to give you another oh, clue. Oh, no one's got this one yet. Have, do you know what? I'm going to hit you with two clues. How about this? Okay, all right. What city am I? Not much time left. Paul was led into this city by his companions because he was blind. Its name begins with the letter D. And the last clue I'm going to give you is this. Jesus appeared to Saul slash Paul while he was on his way to arrest Christians in this city. Come on, guys. Now give us now famously goal. become referenced to as a road to blank experience. Starting with D. A road yeah. to d- experience. Okay, let's stop right there. <laughs> let's get to our question of the day. Today's question, Lyle, is a yes. very interesting one. Uh, but, but good question. Does God get angry? Of course God gets angry. Really? How can you be a God of love and not have anger? How can you have one and not have the other? It sounds kind of scary, to be honest. Does he get angry like start zapping light bulb, light, light flash thing, light 
things, what do you call them? Lightning bolts. Lightning bolts and start zapping people. Let's read some verses on this. Uh, Romans chapter 11 and verse 22, the Bible says, Therefore, behold, therefore, I should say, the goodness and the severity of God on them which fell severity, but toward you goodness, if you continue in his goodness. Otherwise, you also shall be cut off. This is a pretty strong language there, Very don't you think? strong, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And we could look at uh, other pas- passages. We could go over to, uh, in fact, we could look at passages on this all day long. Uh, let me see, Mark. Let's go to Mark chapter 3. And we'll look here in, uh, let me see, verse 5. And when he had looked around on them with anger, being grieved for the hardness of their hearts, he said to the man, stretch forth your hand. And he stretched it out, and his hand was restored as the other. So he was grieved, the Bible says, and he was angry. Turn over a few pages to chapter 11. Um, Chapter 11, verse 12, and we begin verse 12, and... uh, and on the morrow, on the next day when he came to Bethany, he saw a fig tree a long way off having leaves. He came unto it looking that he might find some figs on it, but he found nothing but leaves for the time of figs was not yet. And Jesus answered and said unto it, No man uh, shall eat of you hereafter forever. And the disciples heard it. And of course the, uh, you know, the, the fig tree was cursed and it died and never ever had figs on it again. Then you've got the story, of course, of the cleansing of the sanctuary. Jesus did this twice where he went into the temple and cleaned out the money changers and the traders and everybody who'd turned the, the worship of God into a commercial money making enterprise. And the Bible says that he drove them out in anger with a whip. Ooh la la. And he went around throwing the, 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 the tables over. Okay, so, yeah, we got some pretty full-on stuff here. So God does get angry, but do you yes. know what? Nothing to be worried about particularly. No. no. Okay. Well, thank you so much for answering that, Lyle. We actually have a caller on the phone right now who wants to have a crack at answering the uh, the quiz, which is great because this is a hard one, and I'm very impressed if someone will be able to answer this correctly. It's the What City Am I quiz. We've had no callers so far. I think we've really stumped people. Uh, but welcome to the show, Anonymous Caller. Hello. Can you hear us? Hello. I can hear you. Oh, What's your a- name, dear caller? <laughs> My name's Rhonda. Hello, Rhonda. And Rhonda, where are you calling from today? I'm from Lissero in New South Wales. Ooh, Lissero. I have no idea where that is. Do you know where that is, Lyle? I've heard of it before. I don't know that I've ever been there. Where is that? It's a it's a nice place. It's um, north of Gosford. Ah, oh, oh, okay. I was thinking Central Coast. I was thinking Central Coast. Yes. Yes, that's right. Exactly. Fantastic. All right, you want to have a crack at the quiz this morning? Uh, yes, Damascus. No, Woo! well done. Well done. Good job. I'm so happy. Uh, thank you. Thank you so much. We're going to send you a copy of the Tortured for Christ DVD. You're really going to enjoy doing this DVD. It's a life-changing, oh. faith-affirming DVD. You'll just love it. You have to invite all your mates over and have a little movie night at your place, and you can brag about how oh, you won the quiz. It would be great. <laughs> and it's my first time on radio, too. Oh, welcome on air. We're not so happy to have you here. <laughs> Thank you so much, and I love your show. Thank you so much. Okay, go right, We're going to pass you back to our... Our producer right now and uh, we'll just uh, yeah we'll move on with this song see you yeah and uh, by okay, the way if you have bye. a question of the day give us a call and uh, and we can answer your question on air our number of course is 1-800-FAITH-FM it's 1-800-324-843 deep the Father's love 
for us How vast beyond our measure That He should give His only Son To make a wretch His treasure How great the pain of searing loss The Father turns His face away As wounds which mar the chosen one Bring many sons to glory You're listening to Sila with How Deep the Father's Love for us here on Faith FM. We have come to the end of the show. We are about to give something away, so you need to get ready to give us a call. 1-800-324-843 is the number. And so, Mon, what are we giving away today? Well, we were just talking about the character of God and, you know, just God get angry and this kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, kind of got cut short a little bit there, but yeah. um, that was great having... Um, a good 
Yeah, yeah, someone come on to answer the quiz. And it's a good question because... And one of the points I was going to make was that God does get angry, but he's slow to anger. Yes, yeah. yeah. Anyway. And it's a good it's a good question. It's a, it's a good study to, to find out more about God's character and because it's, you know, one of the most misunderstood things that we could possibly have, um, you know, thanks to the devil and his, his war on God's character. Um, so I've got a book here. It's called After God's Heart. Um, it's by Elizabeth Vieira Talbot, and it's basically a, a book... Just vindicating uh, the fairness and the and the truth and the love of God's character, and um, you can get a copy of this completely for free right now. All you have to do is be the first person to call us. Our number is one eight hundred Faith FM. It's one eight hundred three two four eight four three, or you can text your details zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. Get a copy of After God's Heart by. Uh, Elizabeth Vieira Talbot, who is a doctor, um, PhD. Uh, she works for the church over in North North American uh, Division. She has a PhD in biblical studies, and she uh, travels throughout the world um, speaking about the character of God. Mm, fantastic. Awesome. Right there. Okay, and of course, don't forget that if you'd like to know more about the Bible, give us a call. We love to connect people with the Bible. If you'd like to do my prophetic code course, then you can do that for free through the Discovery Center. We can set that up for you, along with about 17 other different Bible courses, health courses, lifestyle courses, prayer courses, uh, archaeology courses, kids' courses, younger kids' courses, older kids' courses, all kinds of different Bibles. List them offline. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's (laughs) heaps that you can do, and they're really amazing. So give us a call, and we can get you studying the Bible and learning more about it for yourself. If I could have the world and all it owns A thousand kingdoms, a thousand thrones If all the earth were mine to hold With wealth my only gold I'd spend my gold on selfish things Without the love that your life brings Just a little bit Can see right through the sun.